Recapping the top story, the Independent Electoral Commission says there are now 23 million people registered on the voters' roll. Back to the team with Midday Live. Thanks, Utsile. It's uh, six minutes past 12. This is a Midday Live on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I've got me, Bongi Kuala, with you till one this afternoon and thank you very much for joining us. Still to come, three former South African National Parks employees and two traffic officials suspected of rhino poaching are due to appear in the Nailsprit Regional Court today. Just some of the stories that are coming through right here on Midday Live on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader and of course uh, the Auditor General has released a critical report on the performance of South African municipalities, uh, that's uh, Terence Nombembe, so we'll be looking at uh, that particular story also right here uh, on your number one news and current affairs show lunchtime. Seven minutes past 12, we go to the northwest now where Police Minister Natim Tetwa is visiting the scene of uh, the shooting incident in which a Noom shop steward was killed yesterday. Uh, meanwhile, police are expected to conduct further raids at Nganeng settlement in Margana ahead of uh, the commemorations of uh, the Lonmin mine violence and massacre this coming Friday. This follows uh, the raid by the police at Lonmin's Karie mine hostel last night uh, where they confiscated traditional sticks usually carried by miners during protests. Let's talk to our reporter now, Dial Haitiwe, who is on that uh, particular story for us. Good afternoon to you, Dial. Uh, good afternoon, Bongi. Uh, bring us up to speed with uh, what is happening right now. We understand that the minister will be visiting uh, the, the, the scene of the shooting yesterday uh, in which uh, a noom shop steward was killed. But uh, what is happening at the moment? And of course, uh, there was that raid last night uh, that we saw. Yeah, well, uh, what I can say is um, maybe just to come in, Brigadier Tuanin Gubane refused to condemn on the affiliation of the, the deceased. You remember, uh, they are saying people should come forth and tell the public about uh, the affiliation of the uh, said victim who was shot yesterday. Um, so let's, the victim who was at Shaft uh, uh, 9 in Marikana, uh, was coming from work, uh, he's employed by London, and he, the, then there's then a, a gunman, um, got into his place, uh, he's staying at the school plus, it's, uh, married quarters in, in, in Vonderkop. There, we were told that the, the suspect shot that they alleged the victim on the head, and then he fled the area on barefoot. And again, um, on issue around, uh, around the investigation, the, the police has uh, placed the task team to look into the, uh, the, the, the murder. Okay, uh, and, uh, and uh, the, the, the visit by the minister there? Hello, Bongi? Yes, uh, the, the visit by the minister? Yes, uh, you'll understand that uh, yesterday there was a sizable number of police uh, with a vehicle who patrolled the area. The areas of Puking and Tekwan and Beskop and Ghanian were ransacked, and um, finally they went to the hostel in Marigana where confiscated uh, traditional sticks. So we were told by Brigadier Tulani Gubane that uh, the minister will be visiting the family of the deceased, the 44-year-old who was shot yesterday. And again, the minister is expected to launch the mine crime com- combating forum, the MCCF. Uh, this includes your labor unions, uh, mining company, police forum, and security in order to work uh, with the police to, you know, to, to, to fight this case of, 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 of violence around the Marikana area. All right, and finally, let's go back to the, the raids yesterday. What was the, the, the reaction from, from the miners? Because we've seen some kind of a backlash every time there they, they are these raids and, and the miners will, will, will really react uh, negatively. Of course, yes. It was around um, 10 to 11 to uh, 12 o'clock when we police ransacked the, the, the hostel. They were asleep as the, when the police ransacked the, the, the police, and they were uh, very annoyed. They started becoming rowdy after the police confiscated some sticks, and uh, there were no ammunition or firearms that were confiscated, only the sticks. And then they started using whistles to 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 to, to, gar- to garner support amongst um, the, um, mine, um, mining workers to come and chase out the police. Uh, the police managed to 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 to, to retrieve 
a result of um, these uh, miners were coming very, 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 very violent, and then they decided to, to leave or to, to, to avoid any further clashes between the miners and uh, the police. Thank you very much uh, to our reporter, Dial Khaziwe. We will be talking to Bishop uh, Joe Sioka. You'll remember him. He is uh, one of the mediators uh, during uh, the loan wage negotiations. And, of course, uh, uh, you'll remember the massacre uh, after that. He was uh, part of uh, the team that uh, brought some kind of uh, stability there. And hopefully we'll talk to the minister shortly, who is uh, visiting the scene of the shooting incident in which uh, a Noom shop steward was killed yesterday, this in the northwest, and many other stories of course coming through right here on Midday Live SFM 104 You strike a woman You strike a rock I thought I would break I didn't know my own strength And I crashed down This iconic phrase has come to represent an entire generation When the chips were down and all hope was lost when we couldn't even imagine a solution. You were strong enough to stand up and fight. Your courage is the building block of this nation. Your femininity, never a weakness, but always a secret strength. We thank you for the contribution you've made from the grassroots up. To the nation's pillars, we salute you, and SAFM wishes you a happy Women's Month. Just when you think you missed that one conversation in that one show? No, you didn't. Catch it once again on overnight 12 midnight to 4 a.m. Here with me, Nairo Pondra, SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Midday live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Trevor Field, Zimbabwe's President Robert Mugabe has denied claims that he manipulated last week's elections in which he won with an overwhelming margin. The long-time ruler told party supporters that there is no going back on the electoral win, urging opposition parties who are legally challenging the results to go and hang themselves. He was addressing Zimbabweans at, a commemorations, at commemorations of Liberation War Heroes. The festivities continue today uh, where Mugabe is expected to lead celebrations in honor of the country's defense forces. Our correspondent in, in Harare is Shingai Nyoka. Thousands of party loyalists dancing and waving placards. Some denounce Western countries for disputing the election process, others urging the opposition to concede defeat. These are the scenes that met Zimbabwe's president-elect at the National Shrine, dedicated to the country's liberation war icons. The annual commemoration event, the longtime ruler Robert Mugabe's first public appearance since his landslide election win last month. He dismissed claims he manipulated the vote, instead blaming the opposition's defeat on its own corruption during the coalition government. We never surrender power to kings in the way that we did in the past. Now we have come up and said, down with you, you will never rise again. The celebrations were boycotted by the Movement for Democratic Change. In an editorial, party leader Morgan Trangirai says there's nothing to celebrate and that Zimbabweans are still shocked by the brazen manner in which the vote was stolen. He's lodged a constitutional court application contesting the results, claiming the elections were manipulated through vote buying and intimidation. A defiant Mugabe urged him to concede defeat or to feel free to hang himself. We are delivering democracy in a platter. On a platter. Do you take it? We say take it or leave it. But the people have delivered it. And forward ever, never will we go back on our achievement, on our victory. Sadek and AU have largely endorsed the election, but are yet to declare it fair or credible. 
Shangirai, who's fighting for political survival, takes his claims to Sadiq leaders due to meet this Saturday. It's not clear, though, whether they'll be prepared to listen. The region is worn out by mediating in Zimbabwe's crisis and is seeking a way out, even if it means endorsing an election whose standards fall somewhat below their own. Shingai Nyoka, SABC News, Harare, Zimbabwe. It's a 16 minutes past 12. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. And our top story this hour, the Independent Electoral Commission says there are now 23 million people registered on the voters' roll. The IEC is currently briefing Parliament's Home Affairs Committee. Looking at the markets this hour, gold is trading at $1,334.34 an ounce, platinum at $1,511.07 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand 93 cents against the US dollar, at 15 rand 36 to the pound, and at 13 rand 22 to the euro. At Specsavers, we continue to bring you quality eye care at affordable prices. Our incredible multifocal lens features the latest in digital surfacing technology, resulting in sharper vision and a smoother transition between long and short distance viewing. See your world through new eyes. Change to incredible multifocal. Now only 547 Rand per lens. Specsavers. For affordable eye care and a whole lot more. Do you want to learn how to pitch your business idea effectively? Do you want to take your existing business to the next level? Engine Pitch and Polish in association with SAFM is setting the stage for entrepreneurs. If you believe in your business idea and would like some guidance, then we want you to attend our inspiring workshop where you will receive expert training and tips. This free workshop is coming to a town near you. For more info, SMS PITCH, your name and city, to 45982. Register online at pitchandpolish.com or phone 011-566-2000. SMS costs This year, Top Billing turns 21, and you are invited to celebrate with us. Every Thursday night, you stand a chance of winning prizes, from iPad minis to gift cards to fabulous home appliances. Watch the show every week for clues to win the prize of a lifetime, a luxury apartment in Cape Town worth 5 million rand. Join us Thursdays on SABC3 to make sure you're in line to win big with the My Top Billing Dream Apartment. Today's JSE report is brought to you by... All right, we're not there yet. 18 minutes past 12. This is a midday live on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Several municipalities in KwaZulu-Natal are expected to be combined following a decision by the Municipal Demarcation Board. Last week, the board released its report on some of its decisions regarding proposals received from the public on uh, the redetermination of municipal boundaries. The board says KwaZulu-Natal will be one of those provinces most affected as it undertakes to reduce the number of uh, municipalities in the country as a whole. Earlier this year, several municipalities in Gauteng, the Free State, KwaZulu-Natal and the Eastern Cape resisted amalgamation plans. For more on this now, we're joined on the line by the Chief Executive Officer of the Board, Gabi Kumbi Masilela. Good afternoon to you, ma'am. Uh, maybe before we come to uh, KwaZulu-Natal first, uh, let's, let's clear this one. The, the board has denied bowing to political pressure in uh, scrapping the, the merger of uh, the Matsimahulu and Nguate municipalities in the Free State. Was there any pressure really exerted uh, 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 on, on you as the board really to, to merge or not to merge these two municipalities? Only there was no pressure at all. You recall that the minister went to uh, that area after the way those riots to quell the riots and to, to listen to what the issues were. And at that point in time, he was at pains explaining to the community that it was just the beginning of the process and that there were so many opportunities that people were going to have to make their views known. Obviously, the demarcation board doesn't impose its views on anybody. It listens, that's how we do public participation, we do public so that people have the opportunity to say what they, they, their views are about the, the redetermination or the determination of their boundaries. Mm. So the, the understanding was that the minister said we should halt the process until end of February. And at that point in time, we're still reviewing the public opinion that came after we chose December and the board was preparing them to, 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 to take the, the process to the next level either investigation or the public meetings. 
And uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, movements now across the country in, in the municipalities. But uh, really what, what informed your decision to want to, to reduce, in some instances, the number of uh, municipalities and merge some of them just broadly? You recall, Bonnie, that in terms of Section 22 of our legislation, um, the, the provincial government can apply to reduce municipalities, the NEC responsible for local government, or Citizen X can basically look and say, we, have, we are situated, situated in a place that is not really accessible to services for us. Either there's a mountain or there's a river or there's a distance issue to the nearest municipality where they are, and they're closer to the municipality next door, then they make that application. The reason why we go to communities in villages, when people are saying, but the nearest town here is 15 kilometers, where are we supposed to go in a municipality we are in is 75 kilometers. It costs money, we can actually walk to the other side of the, of, the, of, the, of the town. So we look at those things. But also we look at the functionality of municipalities in terms of capacity, financial resources, would it work much better if they were put together and, and, and then pull those resources together for economies of scale and scope to make sure that they can provide better service in an integrated instead of the, 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 the disintegrated question that we are having now. So we had this proposal. They came from the different provinces and or communities, and we looked at those proposals. And as you said, you know, in the opening statement, KZN sent a lot of proposals over to us of amalgamation of, of the number of municipalities into one entity. Mm. And uh, what is the process now going forward, now that you've received these, uh, uh, these recommendations from them or, or, or proposals? How are you going to go about then from now forth? We've gone through the process more We've met with communities. We spent about a month or so in KZN in different communities where they were affected. Now the board has basically given out a notice of saying these are the areas that we looked at. These are the areas when we looked at all the, the results of the public meetings, in some cases the investigations, we are confident that this could be done. But we're giving the public 30 days up to the 16th of September to still say if anybody objects to the amalgamation or to the movement of certain wards to a certain area, they have that 30 days to send those objections to the board. The board, after the 16th of September, will then sit again and look at the objections. And where there are very strong objections with very valid and solid reasons, which basically are found in Section 24 and 25 of our legislation, that basically said these these are the factors that we took into consideration when you object. And therefore, we do not think, if you just say uh, we don't think it's going to work, I think it doesn't help the board to make it decision. If you think about we don't think it's going to work because we have a lot of indigents in here and therefore the economy is going to be more depressed, therefore people aren't going to be paying for services. Those kinds of, 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 of objections basically gives the board a sense of people have thought through it. So it's open to business, to, to communities, to interest groups, to citizen acts, to everybody to basically look at these issues and, and say what would work better. Mm. Obviously, the work that we, we're doing hasn't ended here because obviously, having done the investigations, having done the, the sussing up of the environment, talking to the people, also did need to do more work of saying, will they be sustainable? Will they be viable? Because that's a critical path for us. They need to be sustainable and viable and be able to provide sustainable services to the community that they serve. Can you highlight some of these municipalities that will be affected, particularly in Guazul Natal? Just just a few of them. Guazul Natal, there's a number of areas. For example, as in Moleni, which is very, very rural, um, it's going to be uh, amalgamated with Hibiscus Coast. Hibiscus Coast has a thriving economy. And therefore, the, the, the citizens of the Zimbabwean would benefit significantly by going into being under the municipal administration of a, 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 a high-discus code. In Daga, on the, on the, on the northern part of Kizet and, and the Nambiti, and Nambiti has a stronger economy, which will be able to the people from Daga. And, and therefore, you look at some of the smaller municipalities that have been struggling for a long time, I'm sure, as, as, as media people, you had the, the portfolio committees, and then we were looking at some of the challenges of these municipalities. This whole paper basically was to look at 
How would you strengthen the administration of the municipality to the extent that they're able to assist the services to, to, to the people that are affected in those, in those areas where the municipalities are served so that they, 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 they that economic pool of, 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 of scope and scale to make sure that the resources are pushed together and that more could be done for okay. a broader community than smaller municipalities. We got you. Thank you very much, Gabi uh, Kumi Masilela, Chief Executive Officer at uh, the uh, Municipal Demarcation Board. Hope to talk to her some more soon as uh, they roll out their plan to merge some of these uh, municipalities. At 26 minutes past 12, we go to Limpopo now, where Cabinet believes uh, uh, Limpopo's government is ready to stand on its own again. This as it has announced that the intervention team deployed to the province will now be withdrawn. The team came to the province in 2011 after the province misappropriated 2.7 billion rand and put departments under administration. The cabinet says the province's finances and administration have been normalized. For more on this now, we talk to our reporter Ramperi Safara. Good afternoon to you, Ramperi. Yeah, good afternoon, sir. And, uh, and the news uh, of, of the cabinet really announcing that uh, the, the, the province is ready to stand on its own two feet again. Welcome news, isn't it? Yes, it's very, very welcome, the administration by the Premier. Mm, and, and what does this mean then uh, for, for the province? Well, uh, the, the, the Premier was saying that uh, um, for now the province, you see some of the things uh, were not were done through the, uh, the administrators, and it, sometimes it delayed the processes of uh, like service uh, delivery uh, because uh, there was a process. Now the Premier was saying now, they are ready, they are training people, they are on their own feet. Now the, the, it is time for the, you know, the intervention team to withdraw. But it says that it will go steadily, gradually, within the, the six months, so that they could stand on their own feet and they could do their own things, because now everything has been stabilized and all the loopholes have been closed. That is what what is clear that And you say that the new cabinet thinks that they are there, they can stand the challenge. Mm. And uh, and uh, what is going to happen now, going forward, really? You're saying the process is going to take up to six months, but uh, what are you hearing also from uh, the departments concerned, the five departments concerned? Uh, what are you hearing from uh, the MECs there? What are they telling you? And, of course, generally the public of uh, Limpopo. Well, first we'll start with the, uh, the administration in the, the department. Uh, the Premier has put in uh, uh, new new MSCs in all the departments, even the, the two the two MSCs which he found that she didn't decide. He has moved them from the departments to other departments, like education MEC, which was under administration, was also taken. The MEC has been taken to uh, the public works, which is uh, uh, a lesser uh, responsibility. But um, uh, what is happening is that the new MECs there so that uh, there is, because as you see that uh, they are living within the next, uh, within six months, there is a team of people or the team of new administrators, uh, the team of the people which will, let, will, will be left in the province to run the, the department. They are now, they are under, now undergo training. Therefore, it seems that the most of the people who the, whom they found there, they might be shifted because there are people who are trained by the new MECs who are there to treat it that uh, uh, when they all everything is, is in their hands, they can control the departments. Mm. But generally, uh, the community of uh, the public of uh, Limpopo, really, how are they reacting to to the news of uh, administrators leaving the province finally? Well, in that sense, the action. Well, there are some other sources that now it is long time that this is here. But in some cases, uh, uh, we see that uh, we are trying to talk to some of the people and say that uh, they think it's too easy. Some of the things, uh, uh, even if they say that uh, the shortage of books and shortage of medicines uh, is a of the past uh, in the process at hospitals and schools, so people uh, see that they want to see that happening. Because that is still to happen, there are still shortage of evidence, and uh, if those people can withdraw now, they, the people are suspicious that uh, uh, this matter will go on. Therefore, these are some of the people who are very much pessimistic and suspect whether the the presence is ready to stand on its own feet. Thank you very much, Ramperi Sefara, our reporter in Limpopo. 12:30 now. Time for the news headlines.
do that. <laughs> See you later. Uh, Shadow Taylor coming through between 1 and 2 this afternoon here on SAFM 104 to 107. We we'll welcome your SMSs, by the way, 34701 on what is happening uh, in uh, Limpopo. Finally, the administrators uh, will pull out of uh, the province. They've been there since uh, 2011, and uh, this after the province uh, misappropriated about uh, 2.7 billion rand. Uh, so uh, the administrators have been there since then. So they're pulling out. Um, it's a period of uh, six months. Uh, so what is your comment on uh, that uh, particular story? Let's go now to um, Pumalanga. The number of learners uh, from the Matthew Poster College in Nelspruit uh, that have been reported to have diarrhea has risen to 62. This after another 32 learners were also treated after a diarrhea outbreak over the weekend at the Rob Ferreira Hospital. Meanwhile, Pumalanga's health department has confirmed that uh, an E. coli bacteria was found in the tests that were done on uh, the learners. We'll be talking to Ronnie Masilela shortly. He is uh, the spokesperson for the Department of Health in uh, Mpumalanga. And uh, also we're still trying to get hold of uh, the Minister of uh, Police, Natim Tetwa. He is uh, in the northwest uh, visiting uh, that uh, particular province. So uh, we'll be going back to him. Hopefully he'll be on the line shortly. But uh, Ronnie Masilela is uh, on the line. He speaks on behalf of uh, the Department of uh, Health in uh, Mpumalanga. As you heard, the number of learners from the Matthew Posa College in Nelspruit that have uh, reported to have uh, diarrhea has risen to 62. Uh, Mr. Masilela, good afternoon to you. Uh, good afternoon, Bongi, and good, um, good afternoon to the listeners. Uh, what is the, the situation like at the moment? We're hearing of uh, the, the, the number going up to 62 from 32, so there is a problem there. Uh, no. Let me, as, as, as we speak right now, all the learners were released, they are back at school, all 62. Let me just break this down for you quickly. On Saturday late, we received 32 learners from Metipossa College, and of the 32, we released 21 immediately. They were fit to go home. Then the 11 that remained were, were, were kept overnight just, just for observation. And then on, on Sunday morning, we released another six of the 11, left with five for further observation. Just immediately after re- re- releasing the six, we received another group of 80, making it 35. Now, the 35 were treated during the day and in the afternoon on Sunday, and all of them were released on Sunday. So, after so, Sunday, we did not receive even a single learner okay. from, from, the hosp- from, from the school. So, so from the school released, you mean uh, they, they were in the hospital and they were discharged? Is that, is that what you, you, you're talking about? Yes. All right. So how is the situation right now as we speak? Uh, things, especially from the side of the hospital, we, like, like I'm saying, we have not received any ad- additional learner or a, a teacher from the, from the college. So we are hoping that things are, are, are normal now at the college and they are managing the situation. Mm. But what we have done as the Department of Health, we have sent out the, the, the response team to investigate the cause for the outrage, uh, for the outbreak, and we are hoping to get the results in the next 72 hours. Mm. And and uh, you can confirm though that uh, there is an uh, E. coli bacteria outbreak there. No, I cannot confirm that. That we, the results we will we will say exactly what was the cause. After that, then we'll be able to 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 give guidance and working with the school or the college to say. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do to avoid this thing uh, from 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 happening again. And uh, and when can you expect uh, the test results? And what is it that you're testing? Are you testing water, stools? What is it that you're doing? We we're doing a f- full test. We're testing everything, and the results should be out within the next 72 hours. What will happen when the results are out? We indicate. What it is that we have tested and which, which, which items came out clear and which items tested to be positive. Mm, but at the moment, what, 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 what are you suspecting caused this, uh, this outbreak? Uh, just from a distance, we, we, we're suspecting that maybe it could be something in the water and uh, just that we do not want to very much on that because the investigation is there and the results will come out uh, shortly, which gives 
the exact cause. Mm. I'm asking because if it's water, then the learners will go back and drink the same water that you're still testing. So is there a way that you can even quarantine maybe the college itself and maybe bring water from the outside if you suspect that that's where diarrhea came from? The team that went out also spoke to the to the school uh, regarding other safety measures. So I think that as a result of that, that's why we're not seeing any any admission from that school. So we are hoping that the the situation is well managed up to now, and when we have the results, we will then with the school know exactly what it is that they need to to guard against not only this year but even the the following years. All right, uh, thank you very much, uh, Ronnie Masilela. He speaks on behalf of uh, the Department of Health in um, Bumalanga at 22 minutes to one. We have uh, the Police Minister now, Natim Tetra, on the line. Good afternoon to you, Minister. Uh, afternoon, Bongen, the listeners. You were in the northwest, and of course you, you visited the, the scene of the shooting, or it's still, at least you still expected to go there. Uh, and when we were talking to uh, uh, our reporters earlier on, they're saying that you're engaging with the families. But uh, just uh, give us a sense of uh, why you're there and what is it that you are hearing from the ground? Well, we've been uh, saying that uh, people should resolve their problems in amicable ways and not through any violence. Uh, we visited uh, two deceased uh, gentlemen, uh, the late uh, Mr. Mapulu and uh, the lady here who was killed yesterday, and uh, <coughs> Ms. Madolo. The execution style which was carried out to kill her ambushed uh, her gate and killed in cold blood, uh, really was a cowardice act, and uh, it, 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 it's alarming because uh, uh, it's, it's the women's month, and the people decided uh, to take her life. Mm. But uh, I am going to be. Uh, I spoke to uh, the, the, some of the people, uh, members of the public there, and I'm now going to be talking to the mine bosses uh, around here because uh, we hear that uh, there were threats to her life mm. uh, and apparently those things were not brought to the police uh, just to say to everybody that they they shouldn't take anything for granted if somebody is threatened uh, that should be reported to the police so that uh, anything is done on time but, uh, Minister, what are your officers on the ground telling you about the situation in that whole platinum belt? Because since uh, the, 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 the incidents of last year, really, there hasn't been peace there. We've, we've seen a whole lot of people being killed, execution style, some of them, and, uh, and, and the police have, have been deployed there, but uh, they don't seem to be winning the battle. Well, uh, you remember, Bongi, that... Uh uh, police did a lot of work in tracking down people who have killed or alleged, uh, allegedly killed others around here. And uh, some were traced and were arrested as fires in the Eastern Cape and so on. Um, and um, quite a number of those people uh, having been arrested were, were released when the Falam Commission started. Mm. So you have people outside here uh, with allegations of murders who are who are outside, uh, but you also have others who have since been arrested uh, after that. Uh, the most of the things here, police are around here are deployed, but there is a lot of ambush which is uh, being carried out, particularly uh, to people who are either workers or uh, seem to be. Uh, belonging to other unions and so on. Mm. Because uh, both unions, uh, big unions there, at least uh, AMCO and uh, and NUM, have been pointing their fingers at the police that uh, they they report these things that uh, these these ambushes that as as you put it uh, continue uh, and uh, no arrests are being made. But you are telling us that they have indeed been arrested. Well, there are arrests, um, as, as, as I'm saying to you, that the, uh, both prior 
the, the, the start of the commission and after people have been arrested, uh, the two uh, police uh, are in hot pursuit of, of the people who have recently been killed. Uh, the thing which we can say here is that whether it's a rivalry uh, or a set to be rivalry or any other thing, people should resolve their problems through talks, through negotiations, because it doesn't matter uh, what the situation If a person has been killed, we will never give that any check. We'll just know that there's a killer, murderers who have murdered an, an individual or a person. And, mm. and it's taken like that. It's a criminal case of somebody killing another human being. But, uh, Minister, because these killings have been happening uh, at least from the time of uh, the Marikana tragedy, are you, are you looking at uh, your, your crime intelligence maybe and, and, and ask a question if, if there's, uh, the intelligence itself is lax, if, if there's a problem with that? Because surely uh, the police should be able to know what is going on there to avoid what is what is happening? The, the the massacre of people, at least the killing of people, uh, ambush style. Well, as I said, uh, Bongi, when when there is an ambush, uh, it is an ambush. When you see that in particular area, there is a possibility of people being attacked or of people being harmed. You deploy accordingly, and uh, when then somebody decides to follow you to your home as an individual, some of those things cannot be detected because if it's a random uh, targeting of certain people, it becomes difficult to detect that before time. Why should we be able to detect that there is a possibility or this area is a hotspot? Mm. And if that uh, is then uh, moving to another area uh, or, or people just uh, randomly target certain people whom you wouldn't Nobody would have thought that uh, people will target a woman uh, and kill a woman, uh, you know, unarmed as, as she was. Are, are you, Minister, going to set up maybe a special uh, force there to, to operate in that particular area, at least to deal with uh, uh, these uh, on, ongoing killings? Well, there is a forum which we are launching here, uh, which uh, uh, is looking into this thing. In fact, it's, it's a multi-stakeholder forum uh, which has police and, and, and all other people around here uh, to ensure that uh, we look at these things uh, holistically way. Uh, though I can say that what becomes difficult is that uh, even though you prepare yourself uh, like what uh, here and if some of the things happen uh, as a result of people who work to uh, destabilize the area, it becomes a problem. And I think that with the people, and, and we hope that those, those who have been given uh, a reprieve uh, from the Salam Commission uh, are not involved in some of the things which are happening around here. Because uh, if they are involved, it doesn't matter who it is. I'm not pointing a finger to them, but I'm saying anybody uh, the suspect here would be followed up. And uh, if, if indeed uh, you are found to have been involved, you will be arrested. Any special plans uh, going to Friday, uh, 12 months of uh, the Marikana tragedy, Minister, from the side of the police? Well, well uh, the police have been working uh, around the clock to uh, put in place uh, operations and uh, uh, deployment in the area, and so I can I can say uh, that much, uh, and and do say that uh, even uh, yesterday uh, there was a lot of uh, search and seizure around this area to ensure that uh, you know uh, those unwanted arms uh, in the area here are taken out of the area, and, and such operations would continue even beyond the 16th. Thank you very much. Uh, Natin Tetra is a police minister at uh, 13 and a half minutes to one. Time now for your lunchtime market updates. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution. 
one service provider. Telcom Business. Thanks uh, for holding on for slightly longer. Clinton Smith, Portfolio Manager at Sasfin Securities. Uh, how is the JSC looking today with most international markets trading higher, uh, Clinton? Well, there's been a nice flow of good economic data over the last few days with Chinese manufacturing data, uh, British house prices and, uh, and the sentiment survey in Germany, uh, all contributing to the, to the better outlook on markets. At the moment, we, we're following the Asian and European uh, indices higher and uh, currently got uh, the gold board down 0.4%, uh, resources up 0.6%, industrials up 0.1%, and financials up 0.3%. Uh, overall, the market's up 118 points at the moment, or 0.3% higher at uh, 42,615. And uh, in corporate news, uh, Clinton, results coming out uh, from Sibanya Gold? Uh, yes, well, Sibanya came out with the, with the interim numbers this morning um, and surprised the market in many ways with, uh, with the operating profit increasing by 63% uh, and a 23% increase in the gold production. Uh, Sibanya haven't, haven't declared an interim dividend, but, uh, but will do so in the, in the full year results. Uh, and they're currently trading 6.6% high at the moment at 8.69. And uh, any big movers today? Uh, trading high today. Uh, on the upside, we've got uh, Royal Buffer King up uh, 7.4% at the moment, uh, 56 Rand 39. Uh, DRD Gold's up 4% at 5 Rand 48. Uh, we've got Coronation up 2.3% at 68 Rand 66. And Supergroup's up 1.7% at 2338. Uh, trading lower, uh, Harmony's down 4.6% to 3775. Uh, Marion Roberts down 4.3% to 24 Rand 80. I've got Old Mutual down 2.1% to 30 Rand 11 cents. And lastly, PPC is down 1.4% at 30 Rand and 8 cents. And uh, your latest market indicators? Uh, the gold price is currently $1,328 an ounce. Platinum's trading $1,506. Uh, Brent crude currently $107.57 a barrel. Uh, yield on R157 is currently 6.09%. And then finally, the rand is trading uh, 9.94 rand to the dollar, uh, 13.21 rand to the euro, and 15.35 to the pound. And that's it for me. Thank you very much, Clinton Smith, Portfolio Manager at Sasfin Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, please can you order me a midday blood sugar leveling gastronomic experience? Lunch, sir? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed, data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Post your comments and continue the discussion and like or share our top stories on our Facebook page, SAFM Midday Live. Follow us for updates and retweet us on our Twitter handle at SAFM Midday Live. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. 10 to the hour of 1, right here on Midday Live, 104 to 107 is uh, SAFM frequency. Uh, just a couple of SMSs, please. Can we have uh, Mugabe's whole speech? He knows how to insult people this time. He outdid himself. Please, says Elise. And uh, Ian Matikolo in Sashiko uh, saying that uh, isn't it uh, time we held a CODESA of trade unions, especially in the mines? This violence is harming our standing with uh, investors. Thank you very much for those SMSs coming through 34701 costing you two rand. Let's go to Parliament now where the Portfolio Committee on Trade and Industry has set the limit for debt to be written off by the proposed credit amnesty review uh, setting it at 10,000 rand. The committee was updating Parliament on the amnesty review today. According to the committee, South Africa has far too many families falling into the debt trap. Uh, It alluded earlier uh, in the year that uh, the debt review process as it stands hurts more than it helps. For more on this now, we're joined on the line by our reporter Lulama Maja. Good afternoon to you, uh, Lulama. Good afternoon, Bongi. Talk us through this uh, amnesty review today. What is it all about? Basically, Bongi, it's all about um, cushioning South Africans and also elevating uh, their indebtedness, as you said in your intro, 
that many families in the country are falling into debt. And uh, with the committee, there's a general feeling that um, more, instead of getting out of debt, more and more South Africans are being trapped. And uh, they are saying that there's many ways. Some are using, some are borrowing money uh, to start their businesses. Some are getting credit uh, to supplement their salaries, which they don't cater for their uh, monthly commitments. So there's many issues that lead uh, many families to fall into into debt, and now the people uh, behind um, this credit amnesty review to uh, get South Africans out of debt, and 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 the committee is saying that education is key uh, in 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 creating awareness. Uh, in, to people as early as possible before they even start uh, to get credit because the committee says in as much as credit uh, is key in stimulating the economy because without getting credit the, the economy cannot be vibrant. But at the same time, it is, it, is, it is vital to caution people not to be trapped more, more into debt. Mm. And, and, and uh, break it down for us, Alulama. So what is the... Threshold. What does it say? So it says if you have a debt beyond 10,000 rand, you can only get mm-hmm. amnesty up to 10,000 rand. Beyond that, you are on your own. Okay, yes. Uh, basically, what, what, it's a proposal for now. Uh, no decision has been taken. There's still consultation on this. Uh, but what is being proposed is that those people who, who have debts that are equal or, le- or less than 10,000, that they can't be able to, to, to pay them, those debts can be written off. If you more than, if more than 10,000, uh, then it means that, um, you, unfortunately, you fall in that bracket where you will be able, you will be liable to pay for your debts. But then the question is, what if you, here the debt of a 10,000 is written off. What, what is happening now to the creditor who gave, mm. uh, who gave that so now, hence I'm saying there's no decision that has been taken. It's still consultation. The committee needs to still consult other people on these things. So we will see when when the decision has been taken on this matter, if at all that will be the final decision, and then what will happen to the creditor who has borrowed that money because he is, or she is at a loss at the same time because... They let they, they've given out money. Mm, and, and I know that uh, we've tried to interrogate that particular uh, element of this whole uh, amnesty. But uh, and, and the process is going forward. Uh, what is going to happen now? Is there going to be uh, consultations and consultations upon consultations? Or can we see this, uh, this uh, really becoming law now going forth? Okay. Uh, for, for now, uh, when the, the committee is still sitting, they have not changed. But basically, what would be the process now? To take um, the, the normal procedure of how things go, it would be to take this proposal to the cabinet. Once they are approved, then we will maybe have public hearings uh, so that uh, creditors, debt collectors, and everyone, all the relevant stakeholders involved, maybe to come before Parliament or, or submit written, written submissions on what they think should be the way forward, whereby then Parliament will, will, will consider all those inputs and then uh, make a final decision based on what has been said after all the relevant stakeholders have made submissions. But as I'm saying, um, it's, uh, we don't know for now, but that would be the normal process of how things would go from here. It could still be a long way, isn't it? It is. It is still a long way. Thank you very much, Lula Mamacha, our reporter in Parliament. It's uh, four minutes now to uh, the hour of one. Attempts to refloat the bulk Korea Kianisatu uh, have been abandoned because of uh, low tides at Buffalo City in the Southern Cape. The ship ran aground during rough seas last week. The vessel is carrying a cargo of rice, fuel and oil. It's estimated that uh, between three and five tons of oil have leaked into the sea through a crack in the ship, in the side of uh, the ship. Secretary reports. It's been almost a week since the bulk carrier ran aground near the Hokama Nature Reserve. Yesterday's attempts to refloat the vessel were abandoned after one of the helicopters responsible for taking equipment on board the ship in preparation for refloating experienced technical problems. The tugboat, Smith Amandla, is now expected to try and pull the vessel off the sandbank during high tide tonight. 
but the weather office has warned of a series of cold fronts approaching, which could further delay towing the ship back to Cape Town. Meanwhile, wildlife officials say a few penguins have been affected by the ship's oil spill. The bird conservation group Sancob says they've been appointed by the ship's owners to assist distressed birds. Sancob director Vanessa Strauss. We have dispatched our team to set up a mobilization facility at the Tinikwa facility in Jacksonville Bay. So we'll be stabilizing the birds there, and depending on the species and numbers that we will get in, we'll decide to which rehabilitation facility they'll be going, either Cape St. Francis or Cape Town. So far, we've admitted five oiled penguins and one oiled gannet. Meanwhile, Cape Town's disaster management authorities say they're preparing to send a team to Robben Island to assess the condition of a fishing trawler which ran aground in high seas last night. Twelve crew members were rescued after the trawler got caught in six-meter swells. They are being treated in hospital for hypothermia and back pain. National Sea Rescue Institute spokesperson Craig Lambernon says it appears the vessel's motor lost power and the vessel drifted ashore. It was five to six meters breaking swells, breaking over the vessel. A rescue craft attempted to get in numerous times. The rubber ducks attempted to reach the vessel to try to get the crew off, but the sea conditions were just too wild. Eventually, as the vessel pushed closer towards the shore, the crew saw the opportunity to jump off and start uh, making their way to uh, clambering onto rocks uh, closer to shore. And uh, that report by Segrichetti in uh, Cape Town. And uh, our top stories uh, this hour, the Municipal Demarcation Board has denied bowing to political pressure in uh, scrapping the merger of uh, the Mitsemahulu and Nwate municipalities in the Free State. Uh, and uh, the Chief Executive Officer of the board is uh, Gabi Kumbi Masilela. The understanding was that the minister said we should halt the process until end of February. And at that point in time, we're still reviewing the public opinion that came after we chose Tisambaboni and the board was preparing there for two, two, three, two, to take the, the process to the next level. And uh, Police Minister Natin Teto says that uh, differences in Kaneng in Marikana should be resolved amicably and not through violence. We hear that uh, there were threats to her life mm. uh, and apparently those things were not brought to the police. Uh, just to say to everybody that they, they shouldn't take anything for granted. And that does it for your Tuesday edition of uh, Midday Live here on SAFM 104-107. And it's thanks to the team, Mandy Samkelis, Tarazel Lamini and Mabu Buloka.